episode 98 of the Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. This week, we talk about a film in 1984 that was just a pop culture phenomenon. Not the greatest movie, but pretty damn fucking good. It's going to be a lot of fun talking about this film. So sit back, relax, open up that beverage of choice, enjoy it, and I hope you enjoy this show as well. Thank you, and here we go. on wax off it all had meaning it all had a purpose karate kid mr miyagi danielson danny larusso johnny lawrence what a bad guy oh bad kid and he had history william zapka of being the bad kid in other films as well. That was just his face. <laughs> He's a pretty good actor, actually. In this movie, The Karate Kid, a movie I adore. We watched it a week ago on vacation. It's on Netflix. And I said, I haven't seen this in a few years, but I love it. I love the characters. The story's pretty good. And it seems like there was a lot of depth and a lot of time put into this film. And the catchphrases, you know, wax on, wax off, Daniel's son, get him a body bag. I mean, priceless, priceless quotes from this film directed by John Elvidson. And if you remember, he directed Rocky. And a great song in this movie, You're the Best, right? Right, you're the you're the best around. No one's ever gonna keep you down. Was supposed to be in Rocky Three. They decided against it and used the Survivor song. Oh shit! What was that? The uh, Eye of the Tiger. Great song, and a great choice by Sylvester Stallone and all the people involved in Rocky Three. Eye of the Tiger was perfect for Rocky Three, and the Karate Kid song. You're the best. It worked. Is it because that's the way we know it to be? Or is it because that's just the way it's supposed to be? Great song. The Karate Kid, 1984. Coming at you in the actor's room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. Always support the show. Go on to iTunes. Leave comments and reviews. Go to my website. Support the show. On my Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Google, uh, Instagram, it, which I don't keep up on with COVID and me not being, doing the normal things that I would do. Uh, I've been kind of 
not doing the other things I should be, but that's okay. I'm doing the show, and whoever listens, listens. And I hope you enjoyed this one. This is one of those shows that uh, mean something to me in terms of nostalgia. I grew up in the 80s. This was a movie that just, it shook the, the adolescent world. Was it the characters? Uh, the fact that karate is sort of like this cool thing. And in the 80s, a lot of kids took karate. I didn't. It's just something I didn't do. But I bought the you know costumes and the black belts and all that stuff after this movie. Just like probably any other kid did. I'm sure for Halloween, I was a karate kid a couple of times. I think I had karate outfit pajamas that I would wear every night. This movie was big. Huge. Still is today. I was watching this to do notes on it two days ago. And one of my kids, friends, 11 years old, 11, walked through the room while I was watching this. 11 years old. And it took her two seconds to realize what I was watching. She goes, oh, the karate kid. Thank you. Goes to show you. It's still a big deal. We're going to talk about this film. A lot of tidbits. I'm going to go through the plot a little bit, just pointing out what I recognized. Maybe you did too. Here we go. Hope you enjoy the show. Daniel is from New Jersey. He's Italian. And a tidbit is, when uh, Ralph Macchio went into audition. His name was Danny Weber. And when the director saw that Macchio was Daniel, he did a phenomenal job in the audition. He nailed it. And if you watch, it's on YouTube. You can watch his audition. It's pretty good. Uh, Ralph Macchio was a natural talent. Uh, He was so comfortable in front of the camera and in front of casting directors. It's plain as day. Uh, It didn't bother him. He was very laid back. He was very confident in himself as an actor, a young boy. And he was 22 when he auditioned for this role. The director was so impressed with Macchio that he decided to change the character's name instead of the all-American white boy, right? Daniel Weber, it became Daniel LaRusso. They changed the name of the character to suit Ralph Macchio. I like that. You know, there are some people in the business that it has to, they has to uh, always be structured in a way where there's no changes. Uh, The people will change for me and I won't change anything else. You have to have leeway. And that's what they did here. Right off the bat, in the beginning of the casting process, the music in this film is by Bill Conti, and he's a big deal. I note, the ugly green station wagon that Daniel LaRusso has to be seen in with his mother. A car that sometimes stalls out, and they need to push it <laughs> to get it started again. Pop it. That's pretty embarrassing. Nice touch in the film, though. Daniel is obviously, without a doubt, extremely unhappy about the move. He's a sourpuss face. 
You know, Machio's got that sour puss face. <laughs> and I put Machio is a pretty skinny kid. He does. He's a pretty, pretty little guy. <laughs> and I love, like, within five seconds of the film, or I'm sorry, within five seconds of Daniel LaRusso moving into his new apartment, he meets somebody, a friend. Five seconds. <laughs> and how realistic that truly is. It's a movie. They got to squeeze everything in. And the friend he meets, the actor, has a famous father. Frankie Avalon, that's his son. This new friend that Dan has within five seconds of his new home. How convenient that is. That you get a buddy right there and then. And he invites you to a party. A beach party in California. Uh, what I find kind of unnerving is how completely and utterly positive Daniel's mother is about the move. It's too corny, over the top. Ma, you're at a 10. You're at an 11. Let's bring it down to about a 7. She's overdoing it to please Daniel, to get him, you know, excited about the move. And Dan is kind <clears> of <throat> coming around when he's invited to the party. And feels, okay, I can meet new friends and we'll see what happens. An acute moment is between Daniel LaRusso and his mom in the apartment when he tells her, Ma, I was invited to a party, but you have to unpack, and I said I would help you. And she says, oh, I don't remember saying that. And there's a cute little moment between uh, Macchio and the mom. And I like Ralph Macchio as an actor. My brother would disagree with me. I... I think he's a fine actor. He, his moments are very natural. Uh, they're not constructed out of fakeness. They're very realistic. Uh, his facial expressions, they work. Uh, and he's truly a, a, a moment-to-moment actor. And at the age of 22, he's nailing it. He's nailing it. And a big reason why this movie did so well is because of Ralph Macchio. Other people will say... It was Mr. Miyagi. And he's a big part, folks. He is. And, of course, Johnny Lawrence. And I think that people just seem to, I don't know, take for granted just how good Ralph Macchio is. And I note here, he's a cute kid. I didn't realize that until I watched it. <laughs> what was it, two days ago? And, I'm, you know, I, I really take a look at stuff. And I'm looking at this guy. This kid, 22, I guess he's not a kid. He's 22. Good-looking kid. And, and thinking back, I remember seeing him on all those teen bop magazines and shit. Like, he was part of that world, that teen idol world. Looking down at my notes here. <laughs> uh, Daniel is invited to the beach party, right? And uh, that's good. <laughs> and then he meets... Elizabeth Shue's character, Allie. Allie with an I. And Elizabeth Shue, she's gorgeous. She doesn't look like she's in high school, folks. <laughs> I didn't put down how old she is. She's probably in her 20s, too. She doesn't look like a high school. She's gorgeous. <laughs> Way to go, Machio. But here comes Johnny and the gang on their bikes, being all badass. And you get a glimpse. <laughs> Of Ralph Macchio and Allie in the distance, flirting. Johnny, he wants nothing of that. (laughs) 
And then you get this scene, they're fighting. But before the actual fight, you know, Johnny's being pretty aggressive with Allie. And he is. Dan does a really stupid thing. Johnny throws the radio down. He's upset. My ex-hot girlfriend nothing to do with me anymore. I just can't take it. Some high school guys just can't let it go. Dan, uh, why are you picking up the fucking radio? It just doesn't make any sense. In the script, it just, in the movie, uh, don't pick up the radio. You're trying to defend a girl you just met 15 minutes ago. I would have let that one lie. <laughs> I guess he's being brave, trying to show Allie how brave he is. Bad move, of course. Johnny kicks his ass. And when I say he kicks his ass, he kicked his ass. His face, his ribs, <laughs> his back. <laughs> Poor Dan and his friends. Well, not are they his friends? I mean, he just met these guys. Well, they're pricks. They don't help him at all. Now, mind you, it is just Johnny and Dan fighting. And it's a fair fight. But they just let that poor kid, after the fight, just lay there, bleeding, hurting, <laughs> crying. And this, the friends are actually making fun of him at this point. <laughs> wow, what a f- new friend you got there, pal. And they walk away, leaving him, just lying there, bleeding, crying, <laughs> maybe dying. Maybe he's internal bleeding. I mean, he did just get his ass kicked. Didn't you see that? I mean, Johnny just laid him out. <laughs> And the poor guy, the poor kid lays there. Even Allie leaves him alone because he says, I'm fine. Leave me alone. And she does. Oh, they're all saints, aren't they? I love picking on the script. (laughs) All right. Poor Dan. Bananarama, Cruel Summer is played in the next scene and my little intro music that was Bananarama and I hear that on the radio and I think of this film. Not a lot of people do. I do. It just plays into the movie so well. Cruel Summer. Bananarama. Nice choice. The uh, bullying is something I want to talk about not, ju- not just in the movie but generally. Bullying in the 80s was harsh. I think it was bullying was at its peak in the 80s. People don't want to admit that. (laughs) My generation knew about bullying, and I get it today. There's bullying, and there always was, uh, and there always will be. That'll never go away. There will always be bullies, uh, whether it's physically, mentally, or over the computer the way they do it now, the cyberbullying bullshit. These cowards that hide behind their computer to bully somebody, yeah, that's real tough. In the 80s, it was face-to-face, okay, and the boys were very aggressive back then, 70s, 80s, and a little bit into the 90s as well. It was pretty bad, and where I was in the world, in the Midwest, uh, bullying was a big deal. It got to the point where it became an issue in one of the schools I was at. And in the scene in the movie, The Karate Kid, where they trip Daniel, 
while they're playing soccer. It's a good way to bully somebody and try to get away with it. That shit really went down. And it went down a lot. It's a good way to trip somebody up or hurt them. was when you played sports. Kids getting dirty, kicking you, punching you, (laughs) slapping you. (laughs) I mean, a really easy way to show your aggression and get away with it. And that's what they do in the movie. And uh, Daniel always sticks up for himself. And I like that about the character. And in the casting process, they liked Machio because of that. He had a bit of a snark to him in auditions. That confidence. And they really liked that about him. Uh, Other actors that were presented with the Daniel Weber role was Charlie Sheen. He turned it down. And Sean Penn. And he turned it down. So it had the door open for anybody that displayed the potential of filling this role. And Machio coming off of his success in The Outsiders, great film, another well-acted performance by Machio. (laughs) I'm just, you know. Hey, I approve of the young man. And that's just reality. And I do. All right, we're going to move on from the bullying thing. And we're going to talk about... What do I have here? Sauerkraut? Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) At lunch. In the lunchroom. In the cafeteria. Uh, Looks like Daniel is being served sauerkraut. Uh, Folks, never in my life, ever, was served sauerkraut in school. You? Have you? Uh, Unless you live in Germany or Poland (laughs) or Czechoslovakia. Uh, Have you been served sauerkraut at lunch? New, mostly tater tots, french fries, powdered mashed potatoes, and really bad cardboard tasting pizza were highlighted on our menu at school. Sauerkraut? Now, mind you, they are in California, right? Like the rich part of California. I guess that's what they served out there. So you people that live in California, was sauerkraut a staple in your high school cafeteria. I'm dying to know, and I had to note that. Sauerkraut, where's the kibasi? That makes no sense. Where's the pork? <laughs> Allie is super, super nice to Daniel. So nice, she approaches him at lunch and asks him to sit with her. A beautiful blonde girl <laughs> being that nice to Daniel. Is it possible? Yes. Likely, absolutely fucking not. It's a movie? And, you know, Machio's cute. Daniel's cute. But he ain't that cute. All right. (laughs) Next scene, Dan checks in on the karate studio because, well, he got his ass kicked a few scenes before. Wants to look into, you know, defending himself. Into the dojo he goes. (laughs) John Kreese. The sensei. Perfectly cast. And the story is... That everybody had to be trained, the kids, Daniel, and the sensei, John Kreese, okay? The kids that were in the dojo, Cobra Kai, the kids were trained separately. And then Daniel and Mr. Miyagi were uh, were trained separately as well. 
on their own. And each of them were trained differently. Like all the co- the kids in Cobra Kai were trained like hardcore, like a military school. Where Daniel and Mr. Miyagi were trained in a light way, fun, playful, you know, happy way. And then you had John Kreese, the bow-legged sensei, <laughs> was trained separately from everybody else. And the kids, the Cobra Kai, never met John Kreese until he walked in the door that day for shooting. And William Zapka explained that he thought John Kreese was a fucking karate guy, a black belt, no doubt. Never met him before. He walked in like he owned the fucking world. (laughs) And he owned that dojo. Oh, for sure. And, of course, the actor that plays the sensei is Martin Cove. Great performance by Cove here. Uh, Walking into that dojo. And nobody knowing. the, The kids. Not knowing who this guy is. I mean, knowing he's the actor, yes. But when you probably saw him walk in, like those kids, and he's a domineering figure. I mean, he just has that about him. And, I mean, I don't know. One of those guys. I'm, I'm looking up his uh, his uh, Wikipedia, his information. And he was a TV actor, uh, mostly, yeah, a lot of television. Cagney and Lacey, and then in 84, The Karate Kid. Uh, he played the helicopter pilot in Rambo. Remember that? He was a dick in that. He just has that face. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to see. There's not really much about Martin, unfortunately. Uh, but I assume he was taught, like everybody else, karate. I don't think anybody, even Mr. Miyagi... <laughs> New karate. They were all trained in different ways. And I wanted to point that out. Another note is I love to see the relationship between Daniel and his mom. It's strong. It's true. And they react off of each other very well. There was deep research. And I don't know if director John Alvidson had the actors sort of spend time together offset before they filmed. Uh, some directors do that, and it works. The actors become comfortable. It's so important. Stand by me, okay? That's what they did, Rob Reiner did, with the kids. River Phoenix and uh, Corey Feldman and all those got kids. Uh, they had them spend a lot of time together, just hanging out. Uh, and it helped, and you could see it in a film like Stand By Me. So I wonder if that was done because the relationship between mom and son is strong. And you see this strong relationship in the restaurant scene. After he visits the dojo, they're sitting down uh, eating something at the restaurant. And uh, before she gets up and leaves, she says this. She tells Daniel... To be careful on his ride home. And Dan, what a ride home that was. He wasn't careful, but it was sort of beyond his control. Because Johnny and the other dickheads, on their mopeds, nope, not mopeds, motorcycles, 
pretty much uh, try to kill Daniel. By running him off the road, they run a hill. And he stumbles and bumbles and just scrapes himself all the way down the hill. Could have died there, uh, Johnny. Uh, John? <laughs> John Lawrence? Cobra Kai? Fucking piece of shit? Tough kid? Wow. Almost killing poor little Dan. Because he's hitting on your ex-girlfriend. And you just don't like outsiders, right? What, you don't like Italians? The character? Shame on you. Shame on you, John. I mean, he's almost... He could have been killed there. That's that's bad. Uh, we're, we're now at school. And Dan is wearing camouflage pants. <laughs> Take a look at this outfit that they put Ralph Macchio in. Ralph, God, I hope it wasn't your choice. To put on that outfit. Camouflaged pants. <laughs> which were popular in the 80s. Uh, I don't know if I went that route. I think I had camouflaged uh, shorts. But that's not what's really disturbing about his outfit. Because <laughs> it's the shirt that he put with the pants. Uh, it's plaid. And it's a button-down shirt. Stripe, not stripe, plaid. Sorry. <laughs> it looks horrible. Not good choice. I had to point that out. Uh, I put a note here. Allie's brown-haired friend, if you notice, she's got a couple of friends that are always around. Well, the one with the brown hair, with the sour look on her face, like the whole movie, despises Daniel beyond all recognition. I mean, she wishes in her... Deepest, darkest dreams that Daniel LaRusso was just completely uh, extinguished off the planet. She despises Daniel. You could see it in her eyes. You could see it in her face. I think even in her hair. Shows signs of just how much she hates with a burning passion Daniel LaRusso. <laughs> Oh my God, it's plain as day. If you've never noticed that, the next time you watch The Karate Kid, notice <laughs> Allie's brown-haired friend. I mean, she just, every time, I mean, he comes into the frame and she's there. I mean, her face goes from, eh, she kind of already has that, that bitch face, but she's like, <sighs> that kid. <laughs> There's a touching moment. When Miyagi and Dan trim the bonsai trees, Dan almost dies, falling off the cliff. Takes his bike, throws it in the dumpster. He's just done. Crying. I don't want to be here anymore, Mom. I want to go home. Very emotional, and I get it. He's upset. He's being bullied. I mean, he was almost killed. Thrown off a hill, riding his little bike. And Mr. Miyagi sees this and fixes his bike. Now we have this friendship going, starting. And Daniel and Miyagi are trimming the little bonsai trees. I love the bonsai tree, by the way. Cute as hell. Wish I had one. Uh, they're just hard to find, I guess. I mean, when was the last time you walked into a store and saw a bonsai tree? Me? 
Never. And if I did, I'd buy it immediately. So anybody out there, knowing where there's bonsai trees, you let me know. I live in Ohio. But there's a touching moment when Miyagi and Dan are trimming the bonsai trees. And um, it's notable. And everything that Mr. Miyagi knows was from his dad. Art and vision in regard to the trees being trimmed. Uh, When Miyagi tells Dan to close his eyes and see it and then trim the tree. I like that. Art and vision. Miyagi is one of the most likable characters in film history. And of course, pet Morita. Mojita. Morita? I think it's Morita. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. Uh, of course, Pat was not the first choice. They wanted some popular karate guy and uh, decided against it because they felt that this popular karate guy actor would have taken the role too seriously. And they needed somebody to make it fun. Someone mentioned Pat Morita. And the director said, what, the guy from Happy Days? That's what he was known for. Silly characters. No way in hell this Pat Morita is going to do Miyagi. He's just too much the other way. Well, they had him in for an audition. And he was good. But the director, still not convinced. They had him audition five times to make sure. And because... Pat did such a phenomenal job in this role. And some say made this movie. He was nominated for an Academy Award for The Karate Kid. That is noteworthy. Did you know that? He was nominated for an Oscar. Dan is avoiding the bullies. And we've all been there. Those of us who've been bullied... Okay, you got that group of people, or it could be just one person you see in the hallway at school. (laughs) You know, the one that's giving you shit. (laughs) You see them come across, and you just turn pale, I'm sure, uh, and run the other way. And that's what Dan did in the movie. And now, it's Halloween. He wants to be invisible. And the costume that Mr. Miyagi makes for him is the shower. Brilliant. I'm going to be a shower next year. My wife said, we're going to make it happen. (laughs) We're going to make it happen. The shower is great. And it works in the movie. And what he does next at the Halloween party is insane. Dan, he's got big balls. Never would I try this. And goes to show you. How brazen Daniel is. When he comes up with this idea, you know, what comes around, (laughs) he takes the hose in the bathroom, puts it over the bathroom stall where Johnny Lawrence is. (laughs) And what's Johnny doing in the stall? I'll tell you what he's doing. He's rolling a J, which means he's rolling a joint. He's about to smoke it up with his friends. The least violent thing a person can do, by the way. He's caught off guard when Daniel drenches him with the hose. Dan, uh, not only was that just a bad move, 
I mean, you ruined a joint. Got it wet. <laughs> Johnny got wet too. And he's asking for a complete ass whipping. I mean, what did you think was going to happen, Dan? Did you think you were going to outrun those guys? <laughs> uh, no. You thought you were going to get away with that? Even if you did manage to run faster than those guys and get home to your apartment, right? The next day, you are fucking dead. Are you going to uh, play hooky for the rest of your life? Those kids, those guys, they're going to get you. <laughs> I mean, what you did, you think you're going to get away with that? It's almost like he wanted to get his ass kicked. And boy, he did. And I note how scary it is seeing Dan running from these kids like a gang. They're coming after you in these skeleton outfits. I loved those outfits too. So perfect. And they're chasing you, gaining on you. And imagine if you're Daniel LaRusso and how fucking scary that is. You're running. You're, oh, shit. <laughs> you, he's, uh, he's now thinking uh, what I did might have been a bad idea. <laughs> I, maybe I should have rethought that, you know, slept on that choice. Very scary. Uh, one of the gang people, the, the kids, the people, one of the gang kids, and I don't know his name, pleads with Johnny. You know, he's had too much. Um, and you do have that with that one kid in the gang, although all of them are up to no good. There always seems to be that one guy that's like, okay, <laughs> no, uh, that's enough. And I like how they put that in the movie. Like, not all of them were on the same level of badness. You're going to have levels of just rotten behavior. And the one kid's like, okay, you kicked his ass pretty good. That's that's enough. He can't walk anymore. I think we're good. And Johnny says, no. No pain. Or no fear. What does he say? No mercy. And then, of course, Superman shows up. Miyagi. And I love seeing how this little guy can just... And he looked really good at his moves. Uh, some of it was stunts. And some of it was Miyagi. Pat. Well done. Choreographed quite well. It looked pretty real to me. And is it possible that although this little guy can take those kids, I mean, that's possible. You have the right moves. You defend yourself. But afterwards, when the ass kicking is over, I love how in the movies, like, all the kids are laying there like, oh, oh. They're kind of, you know, squirming around, making groaning noises. Like, not not one of them gets up and, like, tries to defend himself or runs away. Did little things like that. Now, Miyagi helps Dan. Heals him. Has him in his place and explains karate. He says, fighting always is the last answer. I love that quote, and that pertains to life. We should look at life that way. You should go through all the other steps possible. And fighting should always be the last answer, not the first. Karate is only for defense. With the Cobra Kai, they're taught 
that it's offense. <laughs> You're being offensive. And Johnny and his gang are offensive. And Daniel's side and Miyagi's side is defensive. They're defending against the bad. And Miyagi explains that there's only bad teachers and not bad students. Cobra Kai. Miyagi says, karate here. And he points to his head. Karate here. He points to his heart. Karate not here. And of course, he points to his belt. The driving part. And this is when Miyagi and Daniel decide to go to the dojo to confront the teacher. They get into the truck, and neither of them has a license. Dan explains, Mr. Miyagi, I don't have a license yet. And I love how Pat Morita says, neither do I. And it's a cute little moment between the two of them, and they go off uh, to the dojo. At the dojo, one of the kids isn't paying attention. <laughs> and the sensei has him do 60 push-ups on his knuckles. And I say, what? Wow, never tried that. I'm going to see if I could do like five of them on my knuckles. If I get to five, I'm going to be so impressed. Uh, going through my notes here, I put the karate championship will solve all issues. <laughs> really, <laughs> I love that. In the movie, it does, right? But in real life, is that the way to go? The karate championship just will save all. And the training begins. My question is, what is the past of Mr. Miyagi? What did he do before he was the fix-it guy at the apartment? Because he's got a nice house, nicely landscaped uh, house, beautiful stuff. In just an immense square footage of land, real estate, several beautiful cars. Uh, what's up? What's up? What, what, Mr. Miyagi, what were you doing before uh, the fix-it days? Because I guarantee you, the fix-it men at apartment buildings don't make that much money. Uh, I'm not saying it's a horrible living. I'm just saying not enough in California to have the spread that Mr. Miyagi had. It's a movie, folks. Get it? Just trying to make sense of things? That doesn't make sense. Maybe Mr. Miyagi was really into the stock market, played his cards well, <laughs> had a good stockbroker friend back in the day in Okinawa. Way to go, Mr. Miyagi. Washing the car, waxing the car, wax on, wax off. The exercises that Mr. Miyagi gives Dan have a purpose of discipline and arm strength. The repetitive motions that Mr. Miyagi gives him in every session has a point. At school, Dan fucks with the gang because it was decided they won't touch him before the tournament. He has to train. And Dan, once again, showing his cockiness I mean, he taunts the Cobra Kai. And uh, if they were me, I wouldn't be taunting anybody. And he has nothing to back that up because they can plainly take care of him, no doubt. I just... Wow. Dan. Danny. And he does it in front of Allie like he's all a tough guy. 
God, she was so cute, wasn't she? Oh, my God. <laughs> All those uh, kids that grew up in the 80s. Elizabeth Shue, right? <laughs> Dan picks up Allie for their date. And the mom drives. <laughs> the parents of Allie look concerned. Hey, they're from the rich part of town. And they see, like, this green station wagon that looks like it should be at the junkyard? Probably should. They're a little concerned about their daughter's choice in dates? <laughs> I guess I would be too, you know? Uh, mm, mm. And then Dad, Dan proceeds to kick at a rock <laughs> and starts breaking their landscaping. I know, I'm picking on Dan here a little bit. and Of course, the car, the station wagon, won't start. Pop it. How embarrassing would that be in real life? Like, if that actually happened on a date. You got your mommy driving you there. <laughs> You're kicking stuff that breaks in their house. And then the car won't start. The parents have got to be like, oh, boy. Where's my daughter? Like, is she in the hands of competent people here i'd be concerned i definitely would and you can see like macho the way he slams the door when he has to get out and push (laughs) he's so pissed well done by macho there just have to talk generally about the 80s those who'd never experienced the 80s i'm sorry i am I was lucky in those of you who grew up in the 80s. What a time for a young person to experience <clears throat> all that the 80s had to offer. Great music. It was a fun period, okay? Uh, Reagan was in office, you know, uh, the, the war on drugs, and the, I don't know, the music, the feel, the computers coming up, video games. Uh, it was still fun and okay to go outside and not be afraid of everything. <laughs> the way we are now with our kids, uh, the helicopter parents that we've become, uh, wasn't like that when I grew up. My parents just let us go. They said, look both ways before you cross the street. But after that, it was fair game. It was a great time for a kid. And I'm... So lucky to have been exposed to that time period. I was never bored when I was a kid. Never. Maybe that's just because of the way I was. But I was never bored. I always found something to do in my house, whether it was games or I had G.I. Joe guys I played with and cars and building things with uh, play bricks and things like that. And then in the summer, we were never really inside. I'd watch my sports center in the morning, right? Catch up on all the baseball scores. And then I was out the door playing with my friends, sports all day. Even if it rained, didn't matter. The rain made it more fun. The 80s were filled with backyards and kids playing in them. My neighborhood, I... Pick a day in June, July, any day in, say, 1985. Go to my neighborhood. 
I guarantee you, there were dozens of kids running around. You just don't see that today. I wanted to touch on the 80s because a marvelous time. Uh, the songs, the music, and just being alive in the 80s was a special time. Uh, the date that Dan and Ellie go to, they go to golf and stuff. We have a lot of those places here in Ohio. It's a corny date uh, montage they got going on there. <laughs> corny, and it works. It's cute. And at the end of the date, when they're ready to go home, uh, Allie's friends show up. Even Johnny is in the car. And they say, come with us. Hang with us. And Daniel is offended just because they're there. And Allie says, no, I'm on a date. And then the mom shows up, right? Mrs. LaRusso in her crappy car. <laughs> and the cool kids see Mrs. LaRusso in her station wagon. And before the cool kids leave in their car, you hear one of them say, I really like your car, Mrs. LaRusso. <laughs> kids said this shit in the 80s. My friends would say that for sure as they drive away. Like your car, Mrs. LaRusso. And you hear, <laughs> as they fade away. Okay, next note. Uh, training. Yikes, I put. Tough work. Oh, when Miyagi has Dan sanding, right? His deck and everything. There's a lot to sand. And I say, oh shit, I hate sanding. Every now and then I got a project where I sand. I despise it. I hate sanding. And he had to do a lot of that. That's tough work. He would have been sweating, I'm sure. <laughs> Big time. Um, <clears throat> and why does Mr. Miyagi, when Dan is like done with his projects, <laughs> look like he was the one doing it? He walks out dressed like, I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird put into the script. Like he's being weird and cocky and strange and just makes Daniel question, what am I doing here? Is that part of his plan to make Dan feel uncomfortable? <laughs> okay. And then Dan catches the fly with the chopsticks. And Miyagi's been trying to do this for years. His whole life, I guess. Dan sits down. It does it within minutes. For Daniel LaRusso. And Miyagi is visibly pissed. And should be. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Dan has to stain the beautiful fence. And it's a beautiful fence. Up and down. Look at the place that Mr. Miyagi has. The real estate. And I point that out once again. And put, what the fuck? He's all finished, right? With the fence. Looks very accomplished. Goes up to Miyagi and says, I'm done. And Miyagi doesn't even look at him and says, both sides? That <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> and you feel for Dan. I do every time I watch the movie. I go, that poor kid. Up. Down. <laughs> then he has to paint the house. And Dan is now at the breaking point. Anybody would be. I mean, he pretty much redoes everything for Miyagi. 
Uh, Dan's like his little slave. That's what he feels. And Dan strikes back. He wants answers. He wants to see the results. And of course, Miyagi shows him that everything he's been doing had a purpose. And he starts defending himself with the moves and the actions. And it's a cute scene. Uh, A scene that worked in the sense that you have this teacher. And you have a student. Like, that dynamic of teacher and student uh, between these two guys. Yes, Dan's a young kid. uh, And yes, Miyagi's the older guy. And... They're becoming friends. This is the point I'm trying to make. Although Miyagi is the teacher, he's also a friend, an idol for LaRusso to look up to. Uh, And obviously Dan doesn't have a father in his life. So he's looking for that father figure. Uh, That figure is very important to any child. Whether you're a boy or a girl, uh, having a father figure, just like a good mother figure, is vital. And it's proven in this story. Great scene. And Daniel finally says to himself, Oh, (laughs) I I guess all of the things I've been doing, although it seemed meaningless, did have a message, a point. It strengthened his arms. And all the repetitive actions make sense. I, I love when Miyagi says, look I, always look I, never take your eyes off of your opponent. And that is a true thing with karate or any of them, taekwondo. Never take your eyes off of your opponent, ever. This is a bad idea. Always be aware. Uh, Miyagi shown doing the crane kick at the beach where they continue to train, uh, looks like Pat Mojita. I got to look this up because I don't feel like an idiot. I don't get his name right. Pat, I know we're in this together here. I got the computer in front of me. I'm not in my little closet. Pat Morita. It's Morita. For some reason, I wrote like M-O-J-I-T-A. It's M-O-R, Pat Morita. Sorry, Pat, who did pass over 10 years ago. But it looks like Pat doing the crane kick and that wooden, you know, whatever it is. (laughs) I don't know. A post? He's standing on that thing doing the crane kick. I guess that was a stunt double, his stunt double, uh, that was doing the crane kick at the beach. It's a significant moment in the film. And I love how the two guys that were standing at the truck when they were done at the beach and they're fucking with Miyagi. And he actually called, one of the guys called him Mr. Moto (laughs) and gave like this uh, Asian face. Like he made his face look Asian. Racist. (laughs) And uh, uh, Miyagi uh, like karate chops the beer bottles off of the truck. A funny moment. Had to put that in there. The restaurant scene where uh, Dan is going to meet Allie outside. They're going to have a date. But Allie is at this pretentious dinner with all the other high society people. The Richies, right? 
and she's late. She hasn't broken away from this uh, party. Well, yeah, it's like a party, a get-together, like in a ballroom. And they have waiters all over the place in the kitchen coming out. And Dan is wondering where Allie is. And before we talk about what happens in the ballroom, take a look at Dan's outfit. Who dresses this kid? Is it you, Mrs. LaRusso? Or the wardrobe people? Good God in heaven. Uh, His outfit in this scene. (laughs) White shirt. White pants. Is it white shoes? Does he have white shoes as well? All in white, like he's a fucking nurse. Where are you go? Are you coming from the hospital, Dan? Working part time at the hospital, drawing blood. What are you doing? What are you doing, Dan? And he tops it with a red jacket in California. Must get chilly out there at sundown in Reseda. But he goes into the ballroom. I know. I'm sorry. I do that. I'm a little smartass sometimes. I'm trying. He's got this little outfit on that uh, nobody would have been caught dead in, folks. In fact, I don't. I, I don't believe so. I I know I wouldn't be caught dead in all white. I mean, all white. Who does that? Uh, Daniel Larusso does in the Karate Kid, and I love how he put on the red jacket too. I think it's because they wanted him. Honestly, this is probably it. Honestly, this is probably it. They wanted him to look like one of the waiters there. Right? Because he goes into this ballroom looking for Allie. And he goes through the kitchen. And as he's spying on Johnny and Allie, trying to have a moment. <laughs> you know, I mean, Dan is just always around. And Johnny just can't get away from this fucking prick. <laughs> he looks up and sees Dan, watching him dance. And John, good old Johnny Lawrence, makes a move on Allie to get Dan jealous. And Dan's like, oh my god. <laughs> And runs into a waiter and gets spaghetti. A ridiculous amount of spaghetti, by the way. I mean, the waiter must have aimed (laughs) at Dan to get it all over the way he did. Movie magic. Uh, Before we move on, I want to mention that Allie's dad in that scene is one of the biggest pretentious pricks ever. (laughs) And even the way he talks... Is there something wrong with you and Johnny? Are you having a spot? Oh, my God. It's like, are they in England? When did they uh, get to England in the Karate Kid? I thought we were in California. Is there something wrong with you and Johnny that we should know about? Davy? All right. The Mr. Miyagi drunk scene. Dan, after having spaghetti thrown all over him and witnessed Allie making out with Johnny, he goes and visits his buddy, Mr. Miyagi. Miyagi is drunk. And we find out some history on why Mr. Miyagi is drunk. And we learn about his past. Like this, they didn't want this scene in the movie, the editing process. And felt the scene was too much. The audience wouldn't understand a drunk Miyagi. He just wouldn't do that. But John Alvinson fought, the director, fought for this scene to stay in the film. The final product. Thank God he did. I mean, I believe because of this scene, Pat Morita, thank you, 
was nominated for an Oscar because of this scene. I mean, no, I mind you, it, he wasn't nominated solely on that scene, but it didn't hurt. We learn that Miyagi was in the oh, Korean, is it Korean army? I think I wrote this down. It might have been Korean army. And when he was, or before he left to go into the um, army, he had a wife and they got pregnant. And while he was serving his country, received a message that they both died, the, the wife and the child. And it's the anniversary. I'm not sure if it's the anniversary of the deaths or the anniversary of Miyagi and the wife. Touching scene. And both Machio and Marita. I mean, well done. These scenes, crucial. And like I said, almost take for granted in the film how good these scenes are. Because they're so naturally done. And done well. Uh, Pat Marita. Uh, acting drunk and some actors actually are drunk in their work okay they do they get themselves drunk to look realistic method actors i'm not sure if that's the way pat worked looked pretty drunk to me and if he was playing i like the choice he made in the scene if you watch it again he's got this little bottle of whiskey that he's pouring and drinking and he pours him and dan a drink and it's empty so he sets it aside. Moments later, goes to get some more. Pulls out a fresh bottle. Little bottle of whiskey. And of course the cap is still on. And he goes to pour. But the cap's still on. So nothing goes into the glass. I love that. It shows how drunk he was. He didn't take the cap off. I love little things like that. And I noticed uh, Mr. Ralph Macchio does some great acting and reacting so key for fine actors and mr ralph macchio does that in this film in this scene so good i love watching reactionary actors at work it makes everything just make sense <laughs> i know right i'm uh, yeah I, I guess i'm easy to please all right okay we got the montage scene next of Dan training on his own. Doing it on his own. It's a nice little montage. And he learns concentration. Cinematography in the montage. Phenomenal. Well done. Happy birthday scene. Miyagi gives Dan a fucking car. Wow. Wow. Wow, that beautiful yellow car. A classic. Even then. The yellow one. Gorgeous. And I guess Ralph Macchio was given that car after film wrapped. And still has it today. I would too. Wow, what a gift. Miyagi explains balance. Not only with karate and what they're doing but of life too. Nice message. And then Daniel LaRusso looks at Mr. Miyagi 
and gives the most touching quote or line in the film. And that's this, quote, You're the best friend I've ever had. And mind you, end of the quote, and mind you, Dan in the movie is only 17. But it doesn't matter. And I love Miyagi's response because he's older. And, of course, Dan is not his best friend. (laughs) You know, what a compliment, though. A kid is giving you. And he says, you're pretty okay, too. Dan goes on to apologize to Allie at uh, golf and stuff. They just love that place. All the kids, right? Can't go wrong. There's no other place to be. They're at golf and stuff. So that's where Dan goes to apologize Patch things up with the beautiful blonde. They talk about their fight. And uh, they make up. Dan gets a nice little conversation with the brown-haired girl that despises him beyond all imagination. I can't believe she even brings herself to talk to Daniel. Uh, It's incredible that she was able to do that, but explains to Dan that she hit Johnny Lawrence that uh, evening in the ballroom. Dan realizes how much of a prick he is. But is he really? I want to talk about this fight uh, between Allie and Dan, where uh, Dan, from his perspective, saw you making out with Johnny in the ballroom. He didn't see you hit Johnny. And why should he assume you did? That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, okay. How is that Dan's fault? But they make it so in the film. It makes no sense to me, this fight. Why are you apologizing? Okay, you didn't know that Johnny was being a dick. Maybe you should assume that. Um, But, hey, he apologizes. She kindly accepts. And everything's okay. Hey, woohoo! You want to see my new car? They get in the car. They take a drive. And there you go. And I put, once again, Elizabeth Shue is so damn beautiful. And I had cute first. I er, crossed that out and put beautiful. And then after that, I put sheesh. The tournament. Here we are. Here we go. The end of the film. The climax. The ending. There it is. One of the Cobra Kai members was on head of the class. And also, there's a member, Dutch, played by Chad McQueen, Steve McQueen's son. Steve McQueen, big actor in the 60s and 70s. His son, Chad, is Dutch. He kind of looks like Kiefer Sutherland a little bit. (laughs) Another famous son in that movie. Amazing. They're just coming out of the woodwork here. And also, Elizabeth Shue's brother, Andrew, who was on Melrose Place back in the day, (laughs) very popular show, good-looking guy, was also a Cobra Kai member. I think all of Hollywood was a Cobra Kai member. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Another, oh, yeah, I put this too. Another Cobra Kai member was in Revenge of the Nerds, Lamar, the gay black guy. <laughs> he was seen as a Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai guy. I can't talk. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to say Cobra Kai. 
because I talk kind of fast sometimes and it trips over. But Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds is in the tournament. Cobra Kai. Like I said, nearly all of Hollywood was a Cobra Kai member. They were all there at the tournament. And a tidbit about the tournament scene is that it was like a play. Director John Elvitson had it that way. They had practiced all the fight moves, all the scenes uh, prior, okay? And John Elvitson had it set up. The ring, the rings, the, the whole thing, the tournament. It didn't get shot in pieces and parts where a lot of directors like to film stuff all over the place and they put it all together at the end. That didn't happen. John had real audience members watching this like it was a play. And everybody walked in knowing what they had to do previously, training and whatnot in studios. And then all of a sudden we're told, you're going to walk in and we're going to do this from beginning to end, what we told you to do in the script. And we'll stop between scenes to set up cameras but you're doing it like it's a play. And I guess William Zapka said his mom was one of the people in the audience. And between takes, they would boo. Like, it would continue. It just wouldn't happen during the rolling of the camera. They would stop, set something up, and they would continue booing at William. <laughs> and William's mom was getting pissed. <laughs> stop booing at my son. And, and Zapka had to be like, Ma, it's okay. We're acting. It's good. <laughs> and by the way, William Zapka looks like he's a fucking phenomenal guy. Like a good guy. And he played all these pricks and everything. It doesn't explain who they really are. And all these people that watch Karate Kid, he wasn't just one of the guys playing a dick. <laughs> and they only see him as that. He's not. He's a good guy. So the tournament was set up that way, very realistic, and the cast members just loved that part of it. Like, it was a performance being on stage in a play, getting reaction off of the fans, the audience, making it play into the work. One of the things that I enjoy about looking up tidbits is finding out things like that. I mean, it just, it adds something more to a movie when you watch it the next time. Knowing certain things, it's fun. And one of the reasons why I love doing this show is hopefully people that listen get new information about the film and how it was made, uh, the things that happened behind the scenes. Um, And for the most part, Ralph Macchio and William Zapka were friendly to one another. uh, Offset. They were friends. Okay, looking down at my notes here. All right. Uh, The one that looks like Kiefer Sutherland Dutch I put, okay, I like his character. He's a real fucking badass. And it's like that type of guy, like how he looked, was like I think every high school had a guy that looked like that. (laughs) I don't know. Just kind of real tough looking. Very scary. Just like Johnny. Johnny also a very intimidating looking guy. When he has that scowl, you know, <laughs> just good stuff. But he, this character, Dutch, 
loses to Daniel. And I'm thinking, the reaction that Dutch gives after he loses makes no sense. And I like it, though. <laughs> like, he doesn't look disappointed. He's just still like, okay, the next round? Or I can't wait to kick your ass when the tournament's over. I mean, <laughs> this guy's truly evil to me. And Chad McQueen, who played Dutch, nice work. You don't really see him in other things. Like, he didn't become a big star, Chad McQueen. I wonder why. He looked like he had a future. I mean, I believed him. I was afraid of that guy, Dutch. More than Johnny, I don't know. Uh, Johnny fights the cool Filipino opponent. And I loved this guy's style. The one in the tournament, the Filipino guy, I loved his style. I was hoping he would win the tournament. <laughs> Not, da- Not Daniel. No, no. I wanted this guy, the Filipino guy, to win. He had like this cool uh, curly hair. Uh, he just looked like a karate guy. Cool kicks and everything. He had some nice moves. I wanted him to win. <laughs> All right. The teacher, the sensei, tells the next opponent of Daniel, put him out of commission. Wow. It was a cheap shot. And Dan goes down right on the leg. A noteworthy moment is between Miyagi and the Cobra Kai teacher, the sensei. When Dan is hurt and Miyagi goes over to Dan immediately to help him, support him. And he looks up at uh, Martin, Martin Cove, the sensei. And the look that Miyagi gives him, I mean, that. Might have got him nominated for an Oscar. (laughs) That look he gave was just... I don't even know. It was just a look. A look of... uh, Anger mixed with passion. Mixed with disgust. uh, A burning... (laughs) Like, if you saw fire come out of Miyagi's eyes in the scene, you would have said, I believe it. What a look he gives him. Way to go, Marita. Way to go. Miyagi fixes the leg. How does he do this? He did it before in the movie where he makes them all hot. He has healing powers. Is that what it is? Like, he's full of magic? Yeah, the Okinawa magic that Miyagi has. Is it evil he lets come in every now and then to heal? Now, I'm not saying he healed. Uh, I guess he just is a really good chiropractor. Maybe that's how he's got the nice house. Think about it. Maybe he was like this high-priced chiropractor. I figured it out. All right. And then you have. (laughs) I know. And then you have. The quote is Daniel enters back into the tournament. Daniel LaRusso is going to fight? I love that line. I fucking love that line. (laughs) I love it. It it just makes you feel like, oh my God, he's coming back. Daniel LaRusso is going to fight? And everyone's like, what? (laughs) 
And I got to tell you, William Zapka, uh, he looks like he really knows karate. I mean, he did that well with the training, the execution. He gets those high leg kicks way up there. And it's believable. I mean, he looks like he can kick ass. <laughs> the final match was well choreographed. And the choreographer of all the fights is the referee in the film. The referee is the choreographer and teacher of all the karate fighting in the movie. Good stuff. Uh, The cheap shot. After cheap shot that Johnny gives Daniel. (laughs) And then the probably, let's put it plainly, folks, in all reality, the most said phrase or quote or quip or meme in this movie is quote get him a body bag end quote and I always thought it was hey Johnny give him a body bag Ah!" and it wasn't that's not it Uh, for years in years that's how I thought it was I thought that was what he said I thought he said quote Johnny get him a body bag and then laughter like And that's not it. It was just, get him a body bag. (laughs) And then we got the crane kick. Winner. But folks, the crane kick was illegal. And that will spawn the Cobra Kai YouTube show. Wow. Um, I was only able to watch two episodes of Cobra Kai. And when I went to watch episode number three and couldn't, I had a mini panic attack. Uh, I was, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was angry. (laughs) And I, I like couldn't admit it to myself that YouTube was not allowing me to see the next episode. It was just like a preview. And I kept like looking for a way to watch episode three. Folks, I only watched two episodes. How the hell do you watch the rest of them? Where are they? <laughs> I don't want to pay for them. I, I, I'm kind of cheap sometimes with that. I, I don't want to pay for them. Uh, so I hear that eventually they'll be coming out on Netflix. And I'm waiting. I'm going to wait. I'm going to be patient with this. It looks like a really good show. They're on season three. And I'm looking forward to, with bated breath, to watch Cobra Kai, William Zapka. It looks like he's going to kick some major fucking ass in this movie. And Ralph Macchio, what happened to your voice? He sounds like a munchkin. When did, well, how did that happen? What is he doing? What, he sounds like a bunch of how it talks now. <laughs> what the, what, it, the cuteness, too. That went away. He isn't cute anymore. <laughs> Where you got William Zapka, he's still, like, good looking. Like, he could still go there, you know? <laughs> he didn't lose much there. He still looks pretty good. Uh, Daniel LaRusso, the... He's like a big uh, 
car guy now. Owns his own dealership and everything. <laughs> I can't wait to see the rest of these, man. And my buddy mentioned this show to me. I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll get to it. And I'm thinking when he mentioned that show, I wonder if they were available at that time. And I missed out. Now i got to wait. So looking forward to that. Cobra Kai. And uh, I'm wondering else if there's any other little tidbits about this movie. Man. I think I covered everything that I wanted to. Uh, one of those pop culture films. 1984. I was surprised by that year. Uh, I thought it was later 80s. But 1984. It's aged well. What do you think? I mean, the movie is still entertaining to me. Uh, It held up well. In time, the characters are strong. The characters, even the bad characters, are likable. You kind of like the sensei in a way. He's so badass. Like, he pulls it off. And Johnny Lawrence... A character that played well off of his dickness. (laughs) You know, these these characters, they create within themselves and bring it to the screen. They're reacting off of themselves. Folks, they are. When you're creating characters like that, it's like you're looking in the mirror at yourself and reacting off of the fact that you're being a prick. Especially if that's not the way you are in real life. And William Zapka was perfect. Uh, He wanted that role so bad that when he auditioned, he actually grabbed the director and shook him and pushed him. He was so into his character. Apologized immediately afterwards. John, I'm sorry. (laughs) I got so into the character, I, I grabbed you. I'm passionate about this. And that got him the role. I love hearing that stuff. Good for you. Good for you. I hope you enjoyed this show. The Karate Kid, 1984. John Elvidson, director. <clears throat> Ralph Macchio. William Zapka. Elizabeth Shue. Pat Morita. Good music. Great, great music. Script. Good. I don't know if it was great, but it was pretty good. You got your loopholes. Nothing's going to be perfect. It's a movie. I get it. But it was fun. A feel-good movie. And there you go. Hope everybody is doing good. And please support the show. Uh, Please leave the comments on iTunes. Or now that I'm on YouTube, I'm getting a following on YouTube. So watch it on YouTube as well. I get the views. um, And that helps the show. Uh, leaving comments on YouTube, uh, getting people engaged in the show, leaving comments, uh, reviews, uh, really do help. And uh, there you go. Um, Thank you once again. Have a great night. Have a great day. I hope art is a part of your day, your night. When you sit down at night, what do you watch? What do you prefer? Do you love watching Older shows. Or all new stuff. There's so much uh, viewing material out there these days. It's incredible. It's almost too much. So saturated. And a lot of these shows that I look into, I just they're not for me. A lot of them. And there's so much out there. Um, 
I'm very picky about what I watch. And uh, yeah, that's it. So I hope art is part of your life and you talk about it with friends and family and and uh, maybe bring up parts of the show to other people and they'll be interested to learn about The Karate Kid because it's important. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But it is. <laughs> okay. All right. God bless you. Have a good one.